he's back. I mean, let's be honest, can't be any worse than what we've fucking listened to over the last five weeks while I've been away. to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is episode 210, joined by Ian Stephen, Gordon McGuinness, and lo and behold, the man, the myth, the packer, it's Charles Parson. Welcome back, Charles. Thank you. You missed me. Uh, I'm back to save the podcast, as I just said two minutes ago, because it's been going to hell in a handcart while I've been away. The um the oh, no 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 hang on I can I've got analytical evidence to prove oh, he's, it. He's back Be- because he's back. um if you look on the Apple ratings it has plummeted in the time that I've not been on this podcast from four point nine to four point eight we've lost Twitter followers and basically everyone I've spoken to who's listened to it have said where's Charles why are you letting those three idiots talk shite about all sorts, not least Christian McCaffrey's influence on world peace, um, not least on the Green Bay uh, season, which has been pretty poor up to now. Um, but yeah, so I'm back to raise the standards of the content and get us back to a level playing field. So no, hello, Gordon. Nothing, nothing quite says Charles Patterson's God complex, like believing <laughs> he is the reason why Twitter followers have dropped a little bit. You watch. Nothing, you nothing to watch. Do, nothing They'll to be do back the up. Fact, nothing to do with the fact that the entire app is slowly burning to the ground after it was bought over. <laughs> nothing to do with that. It's because Charles wasn't on the podcast. No, it's analytical podcast. Information. You go to the Apple Spotify ratings. Terrible. Absolutely. We were we were flying high at four point nine. Now we're down to four point eight. I blame that all on you lot. On, That's on just you, t- Charles. You just left a review. Yeah. You brought it down. <laughs> on on the topic on the topic of people missing podcasts. If anyone is missing Paul Mitchell from this podcast, allow me to just remind you. What? You're, I didn't get that like at all. A small animal getting injured. Sounded <laughs> like he was in, in. He was like under the sea for a minute. I don't know what's we, happened there. We said to Paul. We said to Paul. Listen, would you like to have an in-depth conversation about the sport of football that we all adore? Hard-hitting, fast, violent. And he said, "No, I wish to attend musical theatre this evening." <laughs> so that's that's what he's doing this evening. He is attending musical theatre. Apparently, and the show's broken down. Apparently, that's the latest. Um, the latest is not only that I've got two messages. Dalton starts for the Saints on Sunday, and sending you this message live from the West End, where the show has ended or broken down. So he's clearly picked wise tonight. The show yeah. has broken down. I suppose it is a show about a car that goes back in time. Maybe <laughs> maybe the DeLorean's just sitting on the stage not doing anything. The, the, DeLorean was, listen, the Do- DeLorean was notorious for being one of the most poorly designed cars ever. So, I mean, if anything was going to break down, it would be that or a Lotus or a Robin Reliant. Yes, Paul Mitchell is at Back to the Future, the musical this evening. Uh, we've already, so it's a bit of a handover as well, because as your Rugby World Cup comes to an end and the podcast that you've been doing, Mitchell's gone on to a splinter and set up his own podcast. It's called the... Yeah, what's that all about? All Three Points podcast. Do check it out. It's under the URL Paul Mitchell, which is a fascinating one, you know, not, not under the so, podcast. So is this like, is this like take that splitting up and he's basically <laughs> fucked off and done a Robbie Williams? <laughs> Trust me, trust me. 
if Paul leaves this podcast, he's not going to be the Robbie Williams of the, of the split. <laughs> Mark Owen, maybe. So in case, just to add balance, people are wondering where Jeremy Borfwick is. Jamie's currently in a Senegalese opium den being entertained by two amputee prostitutes, one male, one female. So just to add balance, is the complete and utter opposite of attending musical theatre performances. Or going to Qatar, where none of that would be probably possible either. Um, right, we're off to a flyer. Have you seen how much it costs for a Greek salad in Qatar? Nine quid for a bowl of... Leaves four lettuce leaves and half a tomato. Nine quid for that. <laughs> Your luxury accommodations, a tent. Twelve pounds for a pint of bud. That includes alcohol free. Twelve pounds for a pint of alcohol free bud. Makes Wembley look like going to a cafe at the bars. <laughs> right. Week ten. Um Fascinating start. I'm going to try and keep this on track. I think we've got very little chance. We'll be at 4.7 on the Apple rating by next week, I'm sure. Nah, I've got faith. <laughs> things are things are things are all only going to improve now. Listen, we're going to suddenly become very popular in Senegal. Well, they need all the help they can get. Uh, Sadio Mane's out of the World Cup. So. Uh, we 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 didn't get um, any tweets from North Korea either. Um, although there was one that was related to North Korea that came in. So thanks to Reese for some quality content. Thank you to everybody that helped us engage uh, in our international search for Mister Patterson. So again, because. And this is why I'm back to save you all from yourselves. If you're putting out wanted posters, you're clearly concerned for my well-being. We were. Your team went off the rails so bad, we were uh-huh. really worried. We had well, no, no, to be fair, they weren't any more off the rails than some of the teams that are have been tipped to be quite good this year. But hey, they're back on the rails now, so everything's good. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Just need just need one more win, and then Cameron knows me a burger. <laughs> In the next two games, so it might not. Happen. You are, I have to say, undisputedly the king of burger prophecies. So. <laughs> yeah, Never- fine, right. So week 10, let's let's start, though, at the interesting stuff. Let's start at game of the week. Uh, some may say game of the season thus far, as the Buffalo Bills were knocked down in overtime by the Minnesota Vikings, who we talked about just two weeks ago, about how great they were. They had a bit of a wobble after that. They didn't lose, but it came close. We thought we'd curse them. However, they definitely bounced back. Josh Allen coming into this game questionable about the injury didn't seem to be the case. Uh, obviously, there was a couple of moments where he perhaps landed on it, looked a little bit sore, but mm. in the most, it was the Josh Allen we expected. The Minnesota Vikings, though, really a tremendous performance. That catch from Justin Jefferson, I know we're going to talk about it in our Belter Award nominations, but first of all, game of the season for you guys so far? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah by far. Absolutely. I was lucky enough to... Um... Uh, I've got where I've been staying. I've been able to see Riesling all these games, so I did watch it back on Monday morning. And um, you said that Josh Allen was what we expected. Josh Allen, I'm, I think there's serious questions about Josh Allen's ability to make decisions in clutch moments in the in the um, end zone because he's had five in- interceptions in the end zone in the last three weeks. I think that's correct. Um, Minnesota have always been a good team without being a great team. I think the difference this year is that they're closing games out because every single game they've won, eight in a row, they've won by a score or less. So they've always been a good team. They've just never been consistently able to put them away. And it just takes subtle tweaks, changes, you know, whether it's getting rid of Mike Zimmer and bringing in Kevin O'Connell. If that's what's done it, 
They've got the same personnel. They've got Zadarius Smith as well, who's got the highest pressure rate in the league. So they've now got, you know, sad to say, a guy who was brilliant in Green Bay, but they couldn't afford to keep him, now doing the goods just up the road. And they are a good team. They are a really good team. I There's a, a really good theory about the Vikings tied to the Rams that I think is really quite interesting. And I think you can draw parallels with the Rams of last year, as much as they're the Vikings records ahead of them. The Rams were a team that were very much held together by five stars, effectively, you know, Cooper Cup, Von Miller when he arrived, Aaron Donald, all that. That's what this Vikings roster feels like. So Darius Smith, um, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, those guys. And if you look at this game, if you play that game multiple times, you know, how often does Justin Jefferson come down with that big catch? How often do you get that crazy Dalvin Cook run? Like there are you know, numerous times they'd potentially lose that. But if they can keep those guys healthy, then they potentially can keep, you know, winning these kind of close games and keep themselves in it. And so injuries throughout the NFL historically are very, very random. There's not much you can draw season to season. Apart from no, you know, apart from Baltimore, where they just drop the like flies. It's because they've got a, they've got they've got too much sand dumped on the training pitch or some bollocks. Yeah, the, the, the Ravens were in a bye week last week. We don't need to talk about the Ravens. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, apart from the Rams, the Rams historically over the last five years don't have much in the way of injuries. And when Kevin O'Connell went from the Rams to the Vikings, he took some of the uh, medical and. Health, whatever the mm. you know kind of strength coaches and stuff like that with them, so it might be that that coaching tree has unlocked a way to kind of prevent injuries a bit in today's NFL because we've now seen a couple of it's happened in a couple of spots. Hey, you know, it's a valid point because Dalvin Cook has typically usually picked up at least a couple of injuries by this part of the season. Um, he's not perhaps had the output that he typically has, and I can say that. Because normally in the fantasy league I'm in with Gordon, he gets an offer from me for Dalvin Cook every week. I don't think I've offered him once this year. He's not necessarily having the output, but he doesn't need to because Kirk Cousins is playing particularly well. Uh, Jefferson obviously having a phenomenal season, um, arguably in the conversation as certainly through his first couple of years, as one of the best ever at this stage of his career compared to anyone else. Um, Do you think that... So where would you rank that catch in NFL history? Or if you had to pick, let's not, don't go over history because then there's loads that you have to choose between the Odell Beckham catch on Sunday Night Football or the Justin Jefferson catch last week. I would I, say that one. That one. What's that one? The one the, the one that we've just seen on, on Monday. But my question is, how sticky are those gloves? Unbelievable. Whatever, they, whatever substance they put on those gloves it was almost physically impossible for the ball to fall out when it should have naturally fallen out of his grasp with the way that he's fallen. So it you would actually, I think, be within your rights to question whether or not the material or substance that is on the outside of those gloves actually should be legal. <laughs> I know they've been putting stuff on their hands for years and years as receivers, but there's no way you should be catching that physically. He wouldn't be able to catch that without, without the gloves. You couldn't catch that normally and barehanded. So I think for me, it's an interesting point. Like the Beckham one in comparison, I think the Beckham one looked looked more impressive because of the bend that he had. 
The, I think Jefferson's catch is aided by the fact that the the defender has taken some of the stink out of that ball. So I think he's going up and he's using the defender to just try and um, remove some of the momentum. For me, the reason the Jefferson one's the better one, and I agree with Charles on that, is the situation uh, mm. where it's at. It's such an important play. It's such an important time on a fourth down, and he went up and did it. It's just so critical and ultimately was the thing that turned that game. Um, however, however, neither catch is as important as the David Tyree catch. That's the greatest catch in NFL history because of what it meant stopping the perfect season. What you have to remember is Chris Carter were making making these catches week in, week out um, for the Vikings. It's nothing new. Um, it's just because perhaps social media has accelerated the catches. It's really easy to kind of share them, but the, the, the you can't forget players that played beyond uh, before 2008. Carter did it every single week. He was just the best ever at producing these um, circus catches. And as good as Jefferson's and Adele Beckham's were, they're, they're, they're not anywhere near the league that Carter played in. Nowhere near. I, I th- It's a very, very good point uh, about social media and the impact of it because it's about content generation. It's about getting eyeballs on things. And if you throw a bunch of superlatives on top of something that looks visually impressive, then it draws tweets and likes and it makes people... People who are easy influenced to land on an opinion it allows them to do so by seeing that there's a general theme on something like that. So I, I think it's a really good point. Um, it's like I'll, people say Pelly's the greatest footballer ever, and the reason they say that is because the he, he played in the World Cup final that was shown in colour for the first time. People say Muhammad Ali's the greatest boxer ever because he was one of the first boxers to be shown in colour television. But you can quite easily argue against those two facts. But everybody else jumps on it. People say Robert De Niro is the best actor ever. He's not. He just goes a couple of times in these films and people think he's the greatest actor ever. And everyone else goes, he's the greatest actor ever because he said it and I don't want to say anything different. Well, but greatness is all subjective. And I think in terms of the most physically skillful catch, I've not seen anything to better the one that we saw on Sunday. In terms of impact and moment, Tyree tops it for me. I've not that that's the most important catch, and the, given how difficult it was, um, that tops it. But yeah, I think we live in an age whereby everything is great, don't we? Everything so. is. It's funny. Everything is great. People are very pliable, but also there's a tendency to stick back to the populist opinion for the sake of uh, of being different in these channels. Uh, and the alternative is a popular outcome here as well. Is this, are you referencing the fact that you weren't impressed by Munich on Sunday here, Cameron? Because that was, <laughs> that was the, the absolute, everyone else could see a mile away. It was far better than Wembley's ever done. Everyone's talking about it. And Cameron, Even Tom Brady. Cameron in our chat. It's not even that impressive. Why are they singing Sweet Caroline? So well, I, 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 He's because he's a miserable Aberdonian. I, I, I agree with uh, Cameron that singing Sweet Caroline is just incredibly uh, poor form by the German fans. Yeah. They should be ashamed of themselves. They should. In the Mexican wave, they should Awful. be ashamed of themselves. In the first half. In never the been, first half. Have you never seen Oktoberfest? That's what but they do. They, but they were, <laughs> were outstanding in terms of the support as yeah. predicted. Yes. And uh, I thought that, well, Goodall said before the game that he's looking to move four games to Germany. But now afterwards, there's leaking coming out saying that now 
Paris and or somewhere in Spain is being looked at as potential venues again. So it looks like the the expansionist idea is possibly going to be a European division, effectively somewhere down the line, unless they have uh, 16 games a season split between teams in America and every team effectively plays it abroad. Once they, so you've got, what, 16, 15, 16 games played abroad for that extra week, 17 kind of slate, and they fill it that way. But it, it doesn't look like a, um, the NFL's talking about cutting back on the games in Europe at the moment, certainly. No, indeed, it's grow, grow, grow. And I think that, you know, I'd, yes, this chat did take place in the WhatsApp, and I stand by some of it. I feel like the German, the German crowd was loud. The fact that they... St- stayed in their seats at full time uh, was celebrated as some great thing and I'm kind of like I don't know what it shows like fine they just didn't it want to it shows that they were having a good time apologies karaoke songs ap- like, apologies like, oh. apologies to any Germans listening to this no, podcast um, no 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 because I think, I, I'm going gonna, I'm to apologise on behalf of, the, of our podcast to the German <laughs> public because you clearly do not appreciate the way in which they appreciate sport. You are obviously of a higher standard that what you should do is at the end of the game, turn around and fuck off back to the pub. That's what you would do. <laughs> you go and watch Red Zone and you get back to a pub and you it, watch Red Zone because you're an NFL fan. It was a good go game as well. It was, it was a good, good game. game. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I go back to the Washington Bengals game that took place at Wembley in I think 2016 when it was a tie. And genuinely, having been to Wembley, hardly anybody left that game. People stayed right to the end. And that was unusual because people do normally leave early to go and get home. I think for me, there was so much chat, and we talked about this last week, about the Germans being a bit better. They were louder. However, sent at home, that could have been controlled by someone with an audio button, right? So I don't know that I wasn't there. Okay. However, no, 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 however, no, no, however no, no, let me no, finish. No, I'm not going to let you no. finish because, because that's a ridiculous premise because... You've got no evidence to suggest that. Indeed. There is no evidence, but sorry, Charles, Sky did have form with boosting um, audio values when uh, watching games because I had to try and subtitle them and I couldn't hear anything because there's an empty stadium and there's like raucous crowd talking over the commentator. So, uh, Do you think that the audio was boosted? No. I'm saying that this guy have done it in the past, but I don't. Well, well, oh, well, during COVID, when there were no fans in there, there was a button in the truck. You just press it, and then you produce an artificial sound. Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm not saying it was boosted. What I'm saying is, like, fine, it seemed louder, but it was every bit as much of a novelty crowd as Wembley and Spurs are. And having been to a game in the states, I had hoped that the German atmosphere might be closer to that just raucous noise about disrupting the game to influence it in the way that you wanted to do it, Cameron, not Mexican Cameron, waves and sweet Cameron, Caroline. Saw, God, you're saw, miserable. Dear we Lord. Footage, we saw footage of a pub in Germany at lunchtime that was busy. What more could you want? The, what more evidence do you need to show the, that it was the, one of the greatest uh, events ever take place? It was clearly a success. It's it novelty. It was great. Well, the, the, I want to go. Novelty, I want to go. Novelty it's, novel. it's a novelty that you want to go to. Brilliant. Novelty yeah. means it happens once. It's coming back to Germany. It's coming back. It's and do you, know, do you know what? If NFL UK are going to have to be really, really smart because the way that the Germans celebrated it, why wouldn't you take more games to Germany than you would bring to the UK? 
So there was That'd be a, my question. There was a big billboard at the end uh, that showed that the Chiefs were coming soon. So obviously the Chiefs are tilted to attend Germany. And I think, great, you know, we know it's a hungry market there. Uh, my comment was just purely, thought it was a bit of a novelty crowd. You know, singing Take Me Home, then Sweet Caroline, then another song, I, and then I they went back listen, to Sweet Caroline, and then a, they sang Take Me Home again. And I know point, Take Me Home's a, a big thing that's popular in Germany, and it's fine, but it's just a bit, I don't know. Listen, like, the point the camera's making, and it's a fair point, because the first game in the UK, in London, it was um, uh, Giants-Dolphins. I was yeah. at that game, and I felt about 40% of that game was corporate attendees that didn't have a clue what was going on. Just from being in the crowd, people wearing cashmere coats, and I'm like, why are you wearing a cashmere coat to an NFL game and polished Italian leather shoes that cost about 500 quid? Um, that's nice that's how nice sport works, though, now, that, at the top level. Ultimately, yes. you're either a fan... Or you're treating it as an event, and that's that was an event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then once it goes further down the line, then it starts to dissipate, and real fans get the tickets because corporate's not interested anymore because it's novelty. They've been there. Well, try telling that to all the people who couldn't get tickets for the London games this year. Tell tell Um, you what. Final thing. Final thing I'll say on it. If that was a novelty crowd in Munich, then the I can't wait. I can't wait till they mature. It'll be great. Then the crowds we've seen in London the last couple of years are crowds where the novelty's worn off. Yes, I would I would agree with that as well. I think that there's a very uh, middle ground. Go and have some beers and watch the, most, the game. The most engaged the London crowd was in recent years was when they all threw cups at Neil Reynolds' family. That was the most excited. They um, in years. <laughs> I think Jamie and I, Jamie would back me up on this because it was such a homer of a crowd. The game that he and he and I attended, the the Green Bay New York game this year, was a proper NFL crowd because it was about it was about six. If you know what I mean in, in that in that ter- terminology, because it was it was a seriously pro cheese cheese crowd. There was a buzz around the stadium as soon as he knew that you and Jamie were in attendance. Yeah, of course. I, was, <laughs> of course, I don't, I don't the MVP know. was in town, and so was I. I don't know if you've been on the podcast since then, Charles. How did that game go? I have been on the podcast since then. You decided not to turn up that night. So there you go. <laughs> right. I think it's time that we move on because this could this is going off rails already. Good Lord. That's great. I think it's an absolute improvement apart from you moaning about the Germans. Uh, I didn't, well, and, and by the way, I didn't miserable say sod. I'm going Dear to say this well. I'm not saying it was the Germans. I'm saying it was the crowd that was in Germany. So just to be clear, because I think there's a 70, lot of Brits in there. 77% were German, 4% UK, 4% Austrian, uh, over 10% US. So that's set out today. One thing that I have noticed this week is um, I've accidentally turned up wearing a T-shirt that resembles the uniform of the North Korean military while sitting in front of a picture <laughs> of the North Korean military. That wasn't that wasn't intentional. I do look like now I really look like the world's most bizarre North Korean infantryman. Well, you're you're the only one in the picture who's got a beard. So your facial hair at all? <laughs> <laughs> the looks in their faces when I turned up to their their barracks. Right, lads, what are you now? Oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, uh, visual jokes always work best on a podcast. Right. 
we're getting into the nominations for Belly here, and I'm going to go through. Can this. we just give there it is, to? Can we just give it to Justin Jefferson? Because nothing's well, going to top him. There is a lot of nominations for Jefferson. Let's be honest, but let's go through some of the other nominations. Christian Watson gets one. Absolutely balled it after two early drops. Pace and catches are very important times for the Packers. He will be the leading Packer receiver this year now, and will kick on. Says That's not going to be difficult. <laughs> There's a nomination for Jeff Saturday. Colts vs Raiders was a game that gathered lots of media attention about a coach that was completely underprepared and in over his head. But that's enough about Josh McDaniels, says Patrick Watson. Um, Justin Fields gets a couple of nominations. Uh, despite another close loss, Justin Fields deserves the nod for how much he's elevated his games in the last few weeks. Chicago are finally getting the ball in his hands to play his way, and he's flying as a result. Makes watching him a delight each week, says Brian Morris. Matt Ryan gets one from Cameron Christie coming back from the embarrassment of being benched for the season to lead the Colts to the win, including the slowest 30-yard rush I've ever seen. I do think, right, Patterson, you could definitely run faster than Matt Ryan did there. I'm not sure about the rest of us. Um, I don't know what to say to that. There's a couple of nominations for the Vikings and Bills game. Um, let's have a look. Let's see. Uh, Johnny Bailey says, I was going to nominate Mike Tomlin for joining only seven other head coaches to beat all other 31 teams after the Steelers stuffed the Saints. But the Vikings win over the Bills was one of the best games in a long, long time. It was a bit of a two-for-one nomination, that one, so I thought I'd go with that. Two nominations for Tua. Uh, David, sorry, Donald McLeod says, seems to be proving the doubters of which I was one wrong every week. A difference maker. The refs gets one from Reese Nunes. Bringing the Eagles' unbeaten run to an end was genuinely wondering who might do it, and it's great to see the refs do it. The way they flipped momentum on a shit call play was the quintessential way to win a ball game. Well done, guys. Uh, Jason um, Hoffman. Look, 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 which, 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 which call are we saying is wrong? Because there's one won't get a single argument from me. The other one is sour grapes from Eagles fans that just can't handle it. The face mask one is the wrong Fa- one, right? Face mask was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Re- really yeah. bad missed call. Yeah. Listen, the, the credit, and it hasn't been given, but the credit should be going to the um, Redskins kicker. He made two fantastic kicks. Commanders. 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 Yeah, sorry. Joey Sly. I know the news hasn't made it to North Korea yet, but they're now called the Commanders. <laughs> so, uh, Did Joey Sly not get cut last year? Yeah. Did he not get cut by the Panthers? I, I think, think he so, did. Yeah. So good, good on Joey Sly. Yeah, he was great. You're absolutely right, Ian. 50, Joey Sly sounds like a gangster. I want him to play for the Jets. Sorry. Right, um, what are you implying? Just, Joey, Joey Sly sounds like he's from The Sopranos. That's a great name. Does... Um, anyway, every other nomination, Justin Jefferson. Good. Paddy Kelly says, offensive player of the year, nothing else needs said. Mark McCune says, to be honest, didn't think they were that good a team despite the record. The Vikings were out star of the show as they shocked the Bills. Uh, Adrian McAllister says, breaking a 1,000 yards in nine games and almost 200 yards in a cracking win against the Bills. Kenny Law says, showing he is Kenny Law, who I think is a, the Packers fan, showing he's the best wide receiver in the league now with an unbelievable performance against the Super Bowl favourites. And Peter Coyne says, simply, that catch. So, you, gentlemen, what do you think Coyne's nickname would have been at school? He must have had a really good nickname at school. It depends on how old he is. Yeah, because if he's old enough, he could have been called Throtney or something uh, like that. But anyway, Peter, do let us know what your nickname was next week. Oh. Um, 
Who's our belter of the week? No, oh, Jefferson. By the way, he's only scored four touchdowns this year, which shows how good the Vikings have been, even without him scoring. Would Would you say so that you score, scoring touchdowns is a very important part of the wide receiver game? I would say, yeah, generally, yes. But I think um, he has been... I think, I think it shows that, as I was saying earlier on, Minnesota are a good team. It's not just about Justin Jefferson. Um, and Dalvin Cook is a excellent running back but Jefferson can he can take over a game he's the one player who can actually completely take over a game and he has been brilliant he has been brilliant so it's definitely him yeah Um, so Jefferson any other suggestions or is this a simple one are we just raising a glass yes damn right move on to the better chat come on fine we've got quorum let's laser (laughs) raise a glass (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Justin Jefferson, you're the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. Good to see you've been taking el- elocution lessons in the last four weeks as well. <laughs> see, you've I, not been listening. We've been talking about no, I have. I was just just waiting to see whether you were going to say it or not. The, the first bow for the first bow for nomination is for you using the word quorum on this podcast. <laughs> Three weeks in a row. Um, right. Okay. I'm on a hot streak. So, Bowfin Award nominations. <laughs> there's there's one here that's absolutely huge, and I'm going to do my best to read it in a bit, but we'll come to this. Right. Amari, Amari Rogers, the now-cut Amari Rogers, uh, gets one from Kenny Law. Career catches eight. Career fumbles seven. How he still suits up for a game is baffling me and nearly cost the Packers another name. Get him in the bin. Good news, Kenny. That's exactly where he is. He's now in Houston. <laughs> oh, is he now in Houston? He's signed he? for oh, Houston this afternoon, so... James Whitson gives it to Bill Cower. His rant against the hiring of Jeff Saturday was ridiculous. Chill out, dude. Uh, Broncos get a couple. I think that was, just on that, and I know you guys talked about this last week, I think that's really interesting because in our world of football, nobody would bat an eyelid about someone like Jeff Saturday with his playing credentials getting a job. It shows just how structured and how hierarchical the coaching setup in the NFL is. And I do wonder... If he happens to be half decent, whether it's a game changer for the whole coaching fraternity, if you like. I mean, people who know more about these things than I do will will comment on it, I'm sure. But I I think it's fascinating. I suspect we should probably wait until he wins a game against someone that's not the Raiders before we have that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will come on to this because there's a bit of a chat about this in a bit. Right. The Broncos get a couple. Ross Taylor says, not for any other reason than they are terrible. But I read a stat, if the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game this season, they'd be 8-1, which is true. They'd oh, be 8-1. God, that would be depressing viewing, wouldn't it? Dear me. <laughs> George Jackson gives it to the Cowboys play calling. What the hell was Mick McCarthy thinking not taking the field goal on fourth and fourth in overtime? I know he said he was going to be taking risks, but a pissing contest in overtime is just shite. Then he has the balls to chuck his headset in a half when it doesn't work out. The kicker, the kicker has made one field goal in the past four seasons outdoors from that distance. This is this is to char- uh, Ian's point earlier when he was talking about you hear someone say something that's like, oh, this is definitely fact. The broadcast were like, oh, it's an interesting decision to to um, not kick the field goal here. Not not outdoors. It's not. Brett Maher has not been good outdoors from any distance in his entire career. It's been four years since he's made one, I think it is, or he's made one in the last four years. It, it, you, The interesting thing as well, though, is that loads of people straight away point to analytics for that. The analytics on like ESPN's model 
actually slightly favoured kicking the field goal. I just look look at what your kicker's capable of doing, and Brett Maher hasn't been capable of doing that in the last four years. So, I'd, you know, if you kick the field goal, it's it's weird to me that when we have these discussions, if you kick the field goal at a, like a 53-yard field goal outdoors in Green Bay and you miss that field goal, everyone goes, ah, well. But if you try and go for a four-yard completion, Everyone's like, "Oh, this is this is bold and brave, and this is a it's a big mistake if they don't get it." What one of those feels significantly easier than the other? Has Brett Maher always been uh, at the Cowboys? Has he played out elsewhere? Well, he, he replaced um, Zerline. Did he not? Was Zerline not there last year? He's so only just it, he's just appeared in the last year or so. So I mean, so. yeah. So to talk about what he's done in his career, he has hit. Three fifty-plus yarders this season. Granted, inside, but when he plays for a team that plays inside, those stats are always going to be skewed in that. Okay, so what, what that's not a reason not what, to give him the chance to do it. Outside. What about how many has he not, missed? Uh, he's like under under thirty percent from fifty-plus outdoors okay. in his career. Well, I mean that's that's not going to get any better if you don't give him the chance. God, you know. God, I think the uh, as uh, as someone who has watched many a field goal get missed at Lambeau in November and December, <laughs> I would say that it was actually the right call to go for the. Uh, or punt it away then. Punt no, it away. No, than go for it on fourth. You've down. got. I'm sorry. If you've got Dak Prescott and you've got C.D. Lamb, who was about 145 yards at that point, um, and you've got Tony Pollard, you've got enough weapons there to make four yards if you played the play properly, and they didn't. I would. I think it was the right decision to go for it, and I think um, if they'd got it, there's a good chance they would have got a touchdown, and that would have been it. So, I don't blame Mike McCarthy. So, that's um, that's an exclusive for this podcast, Charles. And I quote: "I do not blame Mike McCarthy." Correct. That is the first time that Mike McCarthy's done something right, and it, it led to a Green Bay win. So there we go. <laughs> um, Coming next week, Charles tells us why Paul Pot wasn't to blame. <laughs> What is it you were your obsession with? <laughs> Things we're not allowed to talk about. Um, you're trying to be an international brand. Adrian mm. McAllister. International says, band, you mean? <laughs> Adrian McAllister gives his to Mariota. Could be up for it most weeks, but losing by multiple scores to the Panthers this season takes some effort. It's a shame uh, that Paul's not on the podcast to, to discuss that one, given that he wants Marcus Mariota to be the New Orleans Saints quarterback. But there we go. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Speaking of the Saints, though, Patrick Watson, he gives his to the Saints. Poor Saints fans don't even have the saving grace of cheering on the rest of the season tank with next year's first head, first year pick heading to the Eagles. A great chance to reshape the franchise with a new quarterback blown. Wonder how the Saints fans will be blaming that on the refs. Yes, I love that, Patrick. Lovely. Cheap shots. Um, David Brown gives his to the Eagles. He simply says, the commanders. Uh, the Raiders get a couple here. It would be kinder to let us, let them just forfeit from here on out, says Peter Coyne. Donald McLeod says, just the Raiders, man. The team, the franchise, fucking hell. Beyond that, pretty much every other nomination. Oh, hang on. There's one more. Jason Hoffman gives his to the referees. Let's do this before we go to every other nomination. Every game they make they make huge fuck ups. There were several huge calls and non calls in the Bills Vikings. A bogus medical timeout to stop the clock, most convenient for the Vikings. A Gabe Davis catch that wasn't a singletary fumble that should have been an elbow down, and that's just the ones I can remember. I just want some consistency. God damn it! Bitter Bills a, fan, sod off. Drink. No, <laughs> don't blame the refs. That's sport. 
Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Good lord, he's come back feisty. Well, can we need to remember all these pool quotes? By the way, don't blame the refs. No, I've, um, I've always said there's no point in nominating the referees. The referees are going to make mistakes from now until the end of Kingdom Come. It's also like. Players make mistakes. Correct. It's like, oh, you they they get like a little bit of a dig. Like he's, an individual player makes a mistake, and we don't go on this podcast and go, oh, every player in the NFL, they're fixing games. They're terrible at this. They need players fixing it. it. I'm not replaced. I'm not. I'm just Calvin Ridley. I'm not. I'm not. I am not referencing this specific. I just mean. Everyone does have an obsession blaming the refs for stuff. We don't. That Gabe Davis one, though, was pretty bad that they didn't review it because they could have reviewed it. I, that was I, bad. So I I said this in our group chat on, on Sunday, though. The on, Bills knew it and they played on, quick. On first view, I thought it was just a really good catch. And I was like, oh, I'd quite like to see that again. The Bills ran up and ran a play quickly. That's yeah. It's that's, gamesmanship that That's happened. clever. Yeah. Uh, because he's not here, interesting to note that Paul Mitchell said on first viewing that he knew it wasn't a catch, <laughs> which I nobody nobody on the WhatsApp group challenged, and I was like, I, I can't believe I he's typed, got away with it. I typed a response and went, "No, I can't, I can't be bothered." I'm just leaving this. this alone. Honestly, we should put, we'll start posting threads from our chat because there's just so much pish. Well, there, don't right. post anything for the last five weeks because I've not contributed anything because you were <laughs> you were all muted for five weeks, which has been absolutely delightful, by the way. <laughs> Every other nomination this week is for Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, fraud of the century, says Paddy Kelly. Nothing else needs to be said. Alan Morton simply says, utterly incompetent and embarrassing. I hope there's a nomination from Gav, the MSP, coming in. Um, I don't think... no. We've quiet, quiet this week, is he? Yeah, we've not got anything. Um, pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Um, so we... We have one here from Reese Nunes. I'm not, again, I apologize to the people listening to this. This is a long nomination. I haven't pre-read it. I'm not a great first-time reader. I'll do is my a, best. Is this a rant? Do you think? Um, is, was this what? What time of night was this sent to you? I am unaware <laughs> at this particular moment, but it's like I'm just going to briefly share my screen with those uh, just to show the size of it versus the sort of standard that we get. Oh so God. I'm going to do my best to read this out because I think that he's taken the time to write this. Put that back. I want to see that again. You can hear it. <laughs> Picture the scene. Just over a week ago, a TV pundit is slagging your team on Twitter. You ignore him as he's never been a coach, so you couldn't know what it's like. A young man likely bullied for his shite first name is assisting a quarterback coach thinking to himself that whilst he knows the playbook, what good does that do him? You look at your upcoming opponent's team's woes and you see a benched vet at quarterback, a fired offensive coordinator and an overpaid O-line stinking it up. You look out the window smiling and see Adams and Jacobs practicing and think about the win that will be yours with ease. You're going to show everyone what a legend you are. Fast forward a week. Now the head coach of your opponent has been fired. The TV pundit who mocked you is now the head coach and the man whose first name is a plural is the only one left who knows the plays well enough to call them. You don't even look out the window to see Adams. You flick on the Gilmore girls and chuckle to yourself. People are going to think you're such a badass for schooling someone who got a job for not being scared. Fast forward another week and you're locked in a toilet cubicle crying. You scroll through Twitter 
to posts about Jeff Saturday being the only undefeated NFL coach in the league. You hear people coming in and out and nobody checks to see if you're okay. They don't care. You're a loser. They know you picked the player's bathroom for a cry. It's not the first time. They just hate you for ruining their chances of success and wish you'd fuck off back to the bill. Your inbox chirps with another email from a coach denied an opportunity by Erze hiring Jeff, wondering why you couldn't win and if they couldn't have his job, they could do yours a lot better. You creep out of the cubicle, look in the mirror to tell yourself that you're a strong, powerful man who will turn it around, but Josh McDaniels is staring back. So my opinion on that is based on one thing and one thing only. Referencing the Gilmore girls, is that in reference to the fact that Stephon Gilmore sealed the game? If it is, tremendous. It's A-plus writing. Give it an A-plus. You know, stick a, whoever it was, stick a star on your on your chest, T-shirt or jumper rather than bare chest, please, uh, and pat yourself on the back. It's great. If it wasn't and you just picked Gilmore Girls, then that was far too long and it actually bored me a little bit. <laughs> We're going to give Reese the benefit of the doubt because I think Reese has been on top form recently. I think he's done that Gilmore Girls particularly because of the winning play, uh, and I'm giving him an A-plus. Gordon, you have met Reese. I have, yeah. Sorry, I just when when Cameron was bringing it up, I didn't hear the name, so I, that's why it wasn't it wasn't whoever that was, as and I'd heard the name. Met Reese, and actually, his his tweets that he sent us this week uh, of where Charles could have been were quite brilliant, tremendous. So I think I give him the benefit of the doubt. So thank you for that, Reese. We love get these nominations up there. Write out your feelings. Get it sent to us. Love it. In, in, in gets... a maximum of 100 words. No! Nonsense! <laughs> you poo-poo, giving me a hard time for poo-pooing the German audience and you're shutting ours down. No, I no, I'm not, I'm not shutting them down. I'm just this, making sure that they're managed properly. This is a novelty podcast and we will keep it that way. Thank you very much. To, to be perfectly um, fair, having Cameron read that out was like asking Harry Kane to read out Shakespeare. <laughs> It wasn't going to go that well, really, was it? No, There's I no probably should have. Lawrence Olivier Awards being given out. Right, Bowfin. Who gets Bowfin this week? I think God. just the just the Raiders in general. I don't. I don't think it's just a Josh McDaniels thing. I think they they're they're not good. So they're not great, are they? Fine. I don't. Anyone object to the Raiders? Do it. The Raiders get the Bowfin this week. Let's pick our winner of our bottle of. Loch Lomond Stramash podcast whiskey. I need a number between one and 33, please. Uh, fine, because it's your first one in easiest parts and you get to pick it. 12. Number 12. Congratulations to the aforediscussed Peter Coyne. Um, Peter Coyne gets the bottle of whiskey. We'll reach out to Peter to get that sent out in the posts. I've actually thought of a nickname for him, but I'm not going to say it now because he's happy because he's won a bottle of whiskey, so I'm not going to spoil it for him. So well, we'll save it, save well it for done, next Peter. week. Well done, well done, Peter. Well done, Peter. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Team of the week, then. Um, and normally we say that the belter goes straight in, so Justin Jefferson will be one of our wide receivers this week. We need to pick a quarterback, though. So who will be playing under centre this week? I would go for Mahomes. Mahomes had a very good game, but it was against the Jacksonville Jags. 
However, Tua had a very good game, but it was against the Cleveland Browns. So I guess mm. can't really can't really argue for Tua if I'm not going to say. Can we think of a quarterback who had a good game against a good defense? Well, I know it wasn't against a good defense in Houston, but Daniel Jones nearly got a perfect passer rating. I didn't. When are you ever going to have Daniel Jones getting a nearly perfect passer rating? It's it's true. Um, Thirteen for seventeen, one hundred ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Gino Gino Smith played well again, and that, that was against Tampa and a loss. Tampa's got a good defense. Aaron uh. Rodgers actually played well this week. I have to say he did do well. Fourteen for yeah, forty against, completions for twenty, two hundred twenty-four. The Cowboys aren't. That trashy. Hang on, I thought the Cowboys were one of the top five defenses in the league over the first eight weeks of the season. I don't know. I've I've been away, so you you, you guys all know more than me. But, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, Patrick Mahomes, twenty six completions from thirty five attempts, four touchdowns, one interception, one hundred twenty nine point six. Kirk Cousins, maybe. No. Kirk Cousins threw the most yards, but he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, won the game though. Won the it game. Did. That's it not. Did. We're not doing quarterback Coach. wins for the team of the week. No, no. But I, I absolutely. I, I'm bigging up Kirk Cousins here. I've not even mentioned the uh, the Green Bay quarterback because I would just get shouted down. Kirk Cousins won against the top team in the league, or some people would say the top team in the league, and produced a series of absolutely ridiculous throws that produced ridiculous catches. So just throw listen, it out there. Listen, the, the triple crown, the free top awards you can get in the NFL in your career is. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, and Stramash team, Stramash of, the week. team of the week. Yeah, and Mahomes has won Super Bowl MVP. Rogers has won League MVP. Daniel Jones has never won anything. <laughs> Give him the Stramash team of the week. It just it, it just feels, for the banter. It feels like mm. it feels like we're not taking the awards seriously. If a guy that throws, <laughs> you got a passer rating of one hundred and fifty-three. This is statistics, Gordon. You I think live and breathe statistics. Yeah, statistics. You sleep with statistics. I don't. I don't... <laughs> you rub statistics all over your face when you're feeling ashamed. Even even cameras got a chance of completing a pass against the Houston Texans defense. To be fair, so. <laughs> I uh, I don't have a problem with Daniel Jones per se, but that's not who I would vote for. Mahomes is going to get in the team every second week. Well, we say that about Travis Kelsey every week. It's yeah. always Travis Kelsey, isn't it? So how do we try and so, yeah, mix I it up think a bit? We, so perhaps a performance that is not expected is enough to get you into team of the week. I like Ian's thinkings. I'm going to jump on the Daniel Jones bandwagon. That's two votes. Should be Rogers, but let's give it to Daniel Jones just for the banner. Charles was impartial. I think there's someone else from your team is probably going to make it into the team, so you're fine. I would hope so. <clears throat> um, fine. Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the week. Who is our offensive line? Tampa. It didn't even. It really didn't even get touched. I don't think did he? He got sacked. He got sacked. Did he get touched? Yeah. yeah. There was some ridiculous stat though. I think in the fourth quarter that he hadn't been touched or pressured. Um, um, if you look through the 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 rest of the list, Miami is pretty good. Yeah, two are two are not getting sacked against what is actually a pretty decent front line for the Browns. Mahomes not getting sacked against the Jags, but then Mahomes is very mobile, um, more so than two. I would argue. I'm inclined to go the Dolphins myself. Yeah, I think Dolphins. 
Gordon's just nodding again. That doesn't really work for a podcast, Gordon. Uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 I would go the box, but okay. Um, so they, they ran the ball pretty well. Uh, okay, well, they did, which they've not done in eons. So, okay, Jeff Fine. Wilson. Jeff Wilson got 119 yards from Miami. Mm. He sounds like an accountant. <laughs> Um, well, it's between the Bucks and the Dolphins. We've not had the Bucks offensive line this season, so by and we, I think okay. we have had the no, Dolphins. That's, that's, fine. So, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, let's fair. put the Bucks in there. That's fair. We, yeah, everyone gets the prize at some point. I apart was going to say the Stramash Team of the Week is suddenly a participation <laughs> award. It's Paul, like a six-year-old birthday party. Paul, Paul Mitchell is currently <laughs> rolling in his seat at Back to the Future at the theater. He probably is anyway. I mean, that's just what he likes to do. <laughs> Um, so on to receiving, which in an interesting twist for me, when I click receiving on the ESPN website to get the stats this week, it's gone into Spanish. So this will be uh, an interesting <laughs> challenge for me. Um, Hola, senor. I'm not quite sure why it's done that, but never mind. So we'll try this again. Yeah, it's not working. So, uh, right. I mean, obviously, Justin Jefferson is in there. We look <laughs> beyond that. Um CD Lamb, CD Lamb, and Christian Watson. Those two, because ultimately neither team would have scored anything or done anything without those two. CD yeah. Lamb was terrific. He so, was terrific. CD Lamb, I think, was great. The Watson one, I think, is a little bit interesting because you're balancing out the four big plays, the three touchdowns, with mm-hmm. the drops as well. The other name I would throw out there was Terry McLaurin. I thought McLaurin was brilliant on Monday night against the Eagles. He's been brilliant all season. With with garbage at quarterback a lot of the time. He's, he's also helped by the fact that Heineke just throws it up there and uh, tells him to go get it, it, it like, which is great because Carson Wentz can't do that. <laughs> trusts him way more and just throws the ball to him. What about I, Nick Westbrook Akini? Um, might, might as well. He was he was half decent, and we like to give out awards to people that don't get awards in this. Two, so two well. touchdowns, 119 yards, scored the only two touchdowns that the Titans did against the Broncos, which is still a decent secondary. Cameron, see when you announce the team of the week, do you actually t- copy in the players that you're giving the awards to? I've not, but I could start. Because if you're giving the award to Nick Westbrook, Akini, he may actually quite like it. He might see the tweet or the Instagram post. So yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Stefan Diggs has us blocked, but Nick Westbrook Kikini doesn't <laughs> yet. So he might be quite doesn't like, doesn't he yet. Might, he might be like, yeah, I got an award from Scotland. I feel very good. So it's one of those ones. So I think that CD Lamb goes in there because 150 yards, two touchdowns is a tremendous performance. Um so I think it's CD Lamb, I think it's Justin Jefferson, and then I think it's one off Terry McLaurin, Nick Westbrook Kikini. And Christian Watson, I will let the three of you decide. I, I think Akini. I he'll, think have some, he'll, he'll have something to chat to Graham Glasgow about. <laughs> so I think Patterson's going to go Watson. So yes, Gordon, do you Gordon's going McLaurin. Are you I going went, McLaurin? No, I'm going McLaurin. Oh, for God I'm, right. actually so doing, I'm, I'm actually doing it just to be a dick. Can we not? Can we not? Can we not just put in a five wide receiver set this week? <laughs> right. So if, if I take McLaurin out of it, because I'm not going to vote McLaurin, um, are you Watson. going Nick Westbrook, Akini, or Christian Watson? Watson. Christian Watson. Fine. 
I knew I'd missed you, Cam, um, Gordon. I knew I knew you'd make the right decision. I uh, see. So you said Cam first. Uh, Freud, no, don't, don't miss Freud you. Slips, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. CD Lamb, Christian Watson, Justin Jefferson. Who's our running back this week? Oh, so top John, performers, John, John Barkley, Taylor, I think John Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, because he's been so bad all season and had a great big burst-out game. 147 yards and a touchdown. Um, you give it to Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, Aaron, 119 can, and a touchdown. Aaron Jones was pretty good. Tony, Paul, Tony Pollard. Uh, Devonta, uh, sorry, not Devonta, Donta Foreman. Um, do we put Justin Fields in there as a running back? No. We should give it to the 49ers' best running back, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, yes, he was the best performing running back this week when it comes to yards gained whilst rushing. That did you see the McCaffrey block? Shut Come on, up. the McCaffrey oh block where God. he pushed we're him not, out. The, we're the not pitch. doing the Mc, no one's talking Shut about up. McCaffrey at this point. Anyway, enough uh, of this nonsense. You were alluding to it. You were to, alluding to it to go no, to to go to something that Ian has said in the past. He nominated the Dolphins' offensive line. We ultimately went with the Bucks. Jeff Wilson did have a very good game running the ball. If we're saying that their mm. offensive line wasn't quite the best, maybe we give him money. I, I love the fact that Jeff Wilson's moved to a better situation as well. It's great. He's he's moved to the same situation. It's the same except, scheme. Except better. <laughs> They've got more chances of actually winning the Super Bowl because the team that he left aren't allowed to win the Super Bowl till 2024. So I never said we wouldn't win it till 2024. I just said our best chance is 2024. Um I'm fine to go with this because I agree. I think good on Jeff Wilson. He has just gone there. Fine, that is the same scheme, just with different players, but he has adapted to it very quickly. Um, so Jeff Wilson is our running back. Tight end. There wasn't necessarily Cole commit. There, yeah. yeah, probably. Two touchdowns, there you go. Let's yards. Get, let's get a Bears player in there. Come on. The, the only thing I'll say against Cole commit is one of his touchdowns. He was open by like 20 yards. <laughs> Well, like, that's good. Not, he got that's himself open by Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> he obviously sold a dummy out there, didn't he? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think there might have been eleven dummies can, out in that play. Uh, as much as as much as Travis Kelsey's an all-time great, can we just not nominate yeah. him for a few I, weeks? Come on. Komet Komet had uh, a better performance. He had a better performance than Kelsey this week. Did Fine, he? he had seven yes large, but seven less yards, but he had an extra touchdown. His Cole long Komet. was longer. Get him in there. His Fight, average, his average was bigger. So there you go. Cole Komet is our tight end of the week. So there you go. Nice and quick. What an absolute shambles. Daniel Jones is our quarterback behind the Buccaneers offensive line. The wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb and Christian Watson. Jeff Wilson is our running back and Cole Komet is our tight end. That team is finishing outside the playoffs in your fantasy league. That's all I'm saying. That team's, speed. that team's got speed. That team's got speed. On to week 11 then, and before we get to it, we're joined once again by the guys at the WinFL show. However, this week, can you guys guess what they're picking as their upset of the week this week? Uh, Panthers uh. to beat the Ravens. Panthers to beat the Ravens since there, okay? Cleveland to beat Buffalo. Rounds to beat Buffalo. Hang on, I'm trying to find the fixtures. <laughs> I've been away for about five weeks. Uh, bah, 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 bah. The Colts to beat the Eagles. <laughs> Colts to beat the Eagles. 
uh, I'm going to say the Jets to beat the Patriots, which isn't really that much of an upset, but could be. What's the spread on that? (laughs) Anyway, let's hear from the guys at the WinFL show and see who they've actually picked for their upset of the week. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm Ian McKinnon and uh, we're going to be doing the upset of the week here on the WinFL show and uh, we're going to put it out to our man in the field, Mr. Callum Blaine. Can you hear us, Callum? Hello, yes, I can hear you loud and clear. And whereabouts are you today? Uh, Today I'm at the Cosmopolitan Casino in Las Vegas. And uh, is there anyone there with you? Funny you should ask. In fact, there is. Mr... Elvis Presley. Oh, fantastic to be joined by Elvis once again. I don't know how you keep bumping into this guy, but uh, tell us, uh, Callum, I'll, I'll let you get on with Elvis and see if you can come up with the upset of the week for us. Okie dokie. Well, Mr. Presley, I'm sure everyone is wanting to know what you're going to say. Who is going to be the upset of the week in the NFL? Hi, man. It's, uh, it's all rock and roll, man. You know, like my mom, you're saying, Tupelo and uh, Grace Land, you know, just taking care of business, man. 110%. They're really important big lessons, you know, and I try not to try to uh, hurt my family or offend anybody. Oh, 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 you know, Thank you very much. Interesting. So, it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts over the Philadelphia Eagles. Colts over the Eagles, a bold claim there coming from Vegas. Um, Callum, I'll put it to you. What makes you think that the Colts might be able to beat the Eagles? What do they have to do in order to cause the upset this week? Well, obviously, the Eagles being the favourite, the Colts are going to have to score more points than the Eagles in order to be the upset of the week. Now, I think what's going to happen is the Colts are going to play the game in order to score as many points as possible and score more than the Eagles themselves. This causing them to be the victors. Right, so uh, you think that if the Colts manage to score more points than the Eagles, they might actually win this game. Is that what you're telling us? I think that's going to be the game plan anyway. Um, Whether or not it'll succeed is anyone's guess. And, of course, an interesting game plan. Uh, I wonder what Herm Edwards thinks of that. Herm? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. (laughs) He's got a good point. That is why you play the game. If Matt Ryan can keep it rolling from that incredible win over in Las Vegas last week, it's just, uh, we'll see what they'll be able to do. Get Jonathan Taylor going on the ground, and the Colts might actually be able to pull off the upset. I was able to rush for 147 yards. First time he's cracked 100 yards since week one against Houston. He'll be looking to pick that up just where he left off against a stout Philadelphia defense, ranked third in the NFL. Well, there we have it. It's going to be the Indianapolis Colts over the Philadelphia Eagles. Indianapolis, obviously, with their uh, second game head coach Jeff Saturday going up against the Eagles who lost on Monday night to the Washington Commanders and uh, there we go Callum thanks very much for your time there and your insightful input into the outcome of this upcoming game it's my pleasure enjoy the rest of your week I will enjoy the rest of my week Callum and you keep up the sterling work that you're doing over there in Las Vegas and uh, you know keep tabs on Elvis this guy seems to know what he's talking about we're going to hand it back over to the guys at the Stramash Podcast. So great to hear from the guys. And as much as it pains me to say, Charles Parson, you were absolutely right. They have picked the Colts to beat the Eagles this week. What did I tell you? Oh, the, when's the next Rugby League World Cup? I'm, 2025. I'm bored of them already. The year, the year after the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl. <laughs> 
2025. So, by the way, incidentally, and this is not a plug in any way, shape or form, but um, there has been chat in the rugby league community about the NFL because obviously there are a lot of Samoans who've played in the NFL um, and they do love their NFL, the Samoans and the Tongans. And there's been quite a lot of kind of cross-code chat and it's been very, very healthy to see it. And by the same token, if you're an NFL fan and you haven't watched the Rugby League World Cup, I would urge you to tune in on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock to watch the Samoans because they are fantastic. There you go. That's my so, plug over. Samoa versus Australia at yep. Old awesome. Trafford in Manchester. Massive, massive venue for it. Well, apparently, um, apparently, apparently not. Apparently Old Trafford is in Trafford because when they released mm. the list of the potential fixtures for the Euros, Manchester City Stadium, Manchester, then Old Trafford, Trafford. It's in Trafford, that's right. It's Trafford <laughs> Council. It's not Manchester, Ooh, Manchester Council. Trafford, does they get their own stadium? They do. They do indeed. So, should be good fun. Should be good fun. Better than watching uh, whatever you were watching, Air United versus some absolute gogshite of the weekend which i saw on our whatsapp chat when i was filtering back through it you could have been um, watch. you could have been watching nfl uh or you could have been watching rugby league world cup absolute high quality sport and you were watching air united Dear versus hamilton it was a great game air oh, united are on a great season this season God anyway sake um, so putting cameron as an honest man indeed <laughs> <laughs> so the um, week 11 then. What are the games that tickle our fancy? What are the ones that we're not bothered about at all? Oh, well, now, now that I've just... Football's th- decent, right? Th- now, that I've just, now that I've just said that the Colts are going to beat the Eagles, um, that's quite interesting because do we see whether Jeff Saturday just fluked it against the Raiders or actually does he know what he's talking about? And what you often see when a team loses one game after a big unbeaten run, they can quite often lose two or three. So I think the Eagles are great. Um, and I, at the start of the season, said I thought they would be the number one seed in the NFC, and I think they probably will still. But now look, look at the Vikings. You know, eight and one. You just, you just don't know. I think the Vikings have got a difficult schedule coming up. The Eagles still don't really play anybody that's on paper yeah. that good. So, but I'll be interested to see how they react to that. I the the upset for me is the fact that everyone's celebrating that we could get three to six feet of snow ahead of Cleveland Buffalo. Yes, and and we're going to be forced with the reality once again that in our heads in the build up, snow games are wonderful and fantastic. And five minutes into them, we realize they're crap. These are actually one of the best games I ever saw was (laughs) Detroit against the snow. That that was that was good. Never hear a bad word about snow. You get get some. You had Raven Ravens Vikings that was terrible, and then the final two minutes there was like four touchdowns or something. in general, though, snow games are Gordon. You're just you're just annoyed if you jumped into three feet of snow, we wouldn't see you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> snow games are bad for teams that are not built to play in snow games. So there you go. Um, such as you, such as uh, the Green Bay Packers, which is ironic. <laughs> you said that you'd never say a bad thing about snow, Ian. Um, general thoughts on snow these days. I think you could lick your own boom boom, thank you very much. I think I actually um, had his album. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would say a word about all varieties of snow. <laughs> 
Yes. Again, copy Snow Eden to this and let him know that he's part of our podcast. Yes. He didn't quite make team of the week, but he got a mention nonetheless. I'd, right. I'd, warrant, I'd warrant he's a Buffalo Bills fan because he's from Toronto. <laughs> Tell him to show up at an American football stadium and, in the next, next five weeks and he probably will make it into team of the week just so well, we don't give it to Travis Kelsey. Listen, he's, he's, he could he's just turn up be... and announce it as a snow game. This is a snow game! And then it's singing former at halftime this, and everyone this will go is, nuts. This is the spring the foundation the 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 creation of snow singing before one of the london games in 2023 i it would be better than the absolute tripe we've had recently oh god i sound like mitchell oh right let's move on what right so what game so falcons bears interesting not interesting no 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 ah, hang on i've skipped one packers titans thursday yeah, night yeah, football. That, that looks good that looks good. tomorrow night could be quite good yeah that looks good best thursday night football game since chiefs chargers yes yes yes, yes. um in the snow apparently are, are you worried about that one charles or do you think the, after the win against the cowboys you're coming into this with optimism well can't be any um <laughs> There wasn't exactly much optimism floating around last week um, before the Cowboys game, but then it was the Cowboys, and I think it was stood out as a bit of an anomaly. This is going to be much more of a test, I think, in terms of are Green Bay for, for real, or are they just an average team this year? And actually, we haven't really dug into, because I've been away, about why they've been so bad, um, on paper at least. I don't think there's any one particular reason why they've been bad. I don't think Rodgers is playing to the level he has been. I think some of the play calling has been questionable. I think the defence is questionable. The receivers are all hurt or have been until Watson appeared at the weekend. I mean, they had 17 people on the injury report last week. Um, but and you don't blame injuries just as you don't blame referees. The bottom line is, is that they went 13-3, and 13-3, 13-4. They were always going to come down a level and they've just come down two or three levels. But I think that they're absolutely capable of winning against Tennessee. I think they'll probably lose to the Eagles. And then Gordon gets his burger. Yep. As we can see in the top left corner of his screen. Again, not very good for a audio podcast, but Gordon knows what he's talking about in that regard. And then I think the run-in, there's... Listen, if Green Bay play the way they played on Sunday against the Cowboys, they're going to squeak out another four or five wins, possibly. And they're going to sneak into the playoffs. And then when they won the Super Bowl, I, I said it. I said, yep, it a few number seven ago. seed, number six, six seed, quite, quite possible. Six or seven seed that someone, someone who's been half decent all season in a NFC that isn't amazing, hmm. is going to have to play them. And all of a sudden, they're going to be like, oh. And when Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl, they were the number six seed. That's all I'm going to say. Here, here's the thing whereby, so, uh, the top wild card. Plays. Am I right in saying the top wild card? Does the top wild card play the seven um, seed now? No, it's. Uh, have they changed two, it this year? No, two plays. Uh, two two plays seven, seven, three plays six, four plays five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take it back. So you you're you're talking possibly Minnesota or Philadelphia at the moment. Yeah. Away. Yeah, and I wouldn't have a problem with them going into the in, into into Minnesota and playing there. To be honest, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, because it's familiar territory. But listen, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I think that they can beat Tennessee because Tennessee, I don't think at the moment, unless Derrick Henry runs for 300 yards, which is eminently possible, I don't think Tennessee are, are capable of blowing Green Bay away. I think there's more... They, they, they're seriously struggling with Tannehill with a busted ankle at the moment and they don't have a receiver. So I think you can limit Tennessee. And then Henry, five and six. Henry loves prime time as well. He does. 
he does. So, but then Tennessee have played Green Bay, I think, three times in the last four years, and they've been well and truly spanked by Green Bay each time. So, that's uh, Matt Lafleur's former team. So. Uh, you talk as well about it being a snow game. A total of, according to AccuWeather, uh, two point four centimeters of snow predicted over the next two days in Lambeau Field, compared yeah. to forty centimeters predicted in Buffalo <laughs> uh, over Saturday and Sunday. So, forty centimeters of snow is. Substantial. It's not great for Derek Henry that because if it is snowy and then the fuel gets heavy, you know, he gets bogged down. He needs to get up to speed. It's more when you're playing in the snow, you need somebody who's able to kind of stay on their feet and has quick, quicker movement. That's not a Henry's never really done it in snow games, if I can recall. So Snow's, al- Snow's album was 12 inches of snow, not uh, 40 centimeters of snow, Cameron. And okay. you were referencing that. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, how close is 40 centimeters to 12 inches? About I'll 30, be honest. Then. 30 centimeters is 12 inches, is a, a ruler. Oh, yeah, good point. So about 10. So it's 10 centimeters more than Snow's album. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now we're at um, 4.5. <laughs> Colts Eagles. Reggae snow fans coming in. These are really nice things about snow. Which Twitter accounts do I tag for snow chat? Right. Colts Eagles. Just the Met Office. Just the Met Office. Colts Eagles. um, The Eagles should win that, shouldn't they? They should win that. They should win that. Ian, are you worried now about the Colts with the resurgency under Jeff Saturday? (laughs) I never thought you'd say that at the start of the season. (laughs) <laughs> no. They're just going to do exactly what the Redskins did and they'll try and run the ball. Commanders! Commanders! Commanders. Commanders. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Washington, they're just going to try and run the ball 60 times in the game. Um, they don't want uh, Matt Ryan to drop back with the Eagles pass rush coming in on him. So the Eagles sign Linval Joseph to try and solidify middle of the line. So I'm interested to see what if, kind of... If- if Matt, Ryan, if Matt Ryan's scared of the Eagles' pass rush, you should just drop back and take a knee and then he'll get 15 yards. And then celebrate like he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's, I made a man good touch though. me like me. That's, that's good, though, because it's shithousery and we love shithousery. It's tremendous. He did you that should, thing that the Giants did when he pretended to take a knee. And at that point, I think we should have actually lamped him. The next time they went to do it again, just lamp them. Sorry, you can't cel- <laughs> celebrate somebody brushing against you lightly and then you take a fake knee. Um, I, I felt really bad for Brandon Graham because it, I'm not I'm not one for, oh, that was a bad call because I think it was absolutely the right call. I also just think it's incredibly difficult for him in a situation like that where you think, I need to sack him to get I, us the ball I think, back I think, he, I, think he, I think he generally realised. I think he, he, he was sliding down and he kind of went, I'm going to have to stop here. And um, it wasn't like a Kiko Alonso dirty dirty hit. Um, but you have to be you have to play smarter football than that. But the game was near enough lost at that point anyway. I mean, the big the, the thing the Eagles fans are upset about is their tight end get injured on a, a face mask that was, yeah, was it not was, called. It was bad. Um, bad. And they're talking about player safety, and you see something like that. One thing I think they, they, they might have to start talking about if it comes to player safety is the amount of um, uh, quarterback sneaks that are going on in the league, and it's quarterback sneaks where it is 20 men jumping on top of each other, um, not not the kind of quarterback sneaks of old. Um, this is everybody knows it's coming, and it looks like you, you think my quarterback's going to die at any point during doing this. Have you noticed the wrinkle to quarterback sneaks, though, though, for by 
it's a quarterback sneak, but it's like one gap across. The quarterbacks mm-hmm. now are just taking it, moving moving behind the guard instead of just pushing behind the center. It's caused the, it's caused that the defenses are trying to fit four players in the A gap and they yep. just move anywhere else, or they they're running that um a, 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 either a um a jet jet sweep off it or a toss to the running back. So. Um, but I, I think they'll seriously take a, a look at it because guys like um, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, they really go for it. It's not like a wee kind of, we'll just get down gently. It looks like they're physically trying to push a tractor when they're doing it. So um, I don't understand how more linemen aren't getting hurt doing it because they're both launching into each other's heads at, at like one foot off the ground. Um, I think in competition, Kanati might start taking a, a look at sneaks. They might start becoming... Either banned or controlled. Controlled, yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I've noticed uh, could be anecdotal. This isn't based on anything. It's uh, probably spurious, but it feels like there is more rock type plays where there's more pushing coming from running backs and what have you this that, season. Cameron, like, Cameron, it used to be illegal. Assisting the runner was it, illegal. It's, you- it's actually still illegal. They're just not calling it. If in the rule book, I'm pretty certain it's still supposed to be called. You're not allowed to push the runner forward. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the official made it a point of order and they discussed it with the coaches and the players before the season. And that's why one team was so furious about the Eagles doing it against them because they'd been told that week, they'd been reminded by the NFL, you can't do it. And then the Eagles did it. So it's just an unadministered penalty basically that's being slid. That'll be yeah. the next thing then. If that is a penalty, that'll be the that, next thing. That that's the one. On. I, I don't think they'll try and regulate sneaks because ultimately in short yardage, you're effect- what you're effectively doing is telling them to be less efficient by running a play that you know, you're know you having to actually make. You're also going to result in more punts and less risks, which yeah. is less entertaining. Yeah. yeah. But do I think that they'll look into the whole pushing and shoving and the ruck type thing we're seeing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Jets Patriots, I think, is a really interesting game because I, I I'm not willing to believe in the Jets at this point. Zach Wilson's been bad. Who's who's the better quarterback in that game, Mac uh, Jones or Zach Wilson? Ba- Bailey Zappi, who won't who won't be the one player, <laughs> or, or Joe Flacco, or Joe Flacco, yeah. Bailey Zappi or Joe Flacco are better quarterbacks than the guys starting. I think at this point, I think is it not ultimately this game about if the Jets can stop Stevenson. That's it. Yeah, I pretty think, much. I think as well the Jets, the Jets are going to be really interesting in the off season because I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be it at quarterback, and them going and getting someone could be interesting because on the defensive side of the ball, I think they've got some players. I think Sauce Gardner already looks like a top five cornerback in the NFL. Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams is great. Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. They've hit an absolute home run there. Like some of the just the control he has when he's running and changing directions. What, what noise does the ball make when it comes to him, Gordon? Can you remember? Uh, no, I can't. What? <laughs> Not remember from our, our draft preview, I said that the ball comes near him, it just goes, oh, yeah. sucks in. <laughs> and I was right. The, uh, the, the, um, the Zach Wilson thing is interesting because he's now playing under the offensive coordinator, um, Mike LaFleur, who came from San Francisco. So he's basically parodying Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a bit shit, 
But if he doesn't throw the ball away, he's, he could he's, he could do it. He could do okay. And actually, is, the way he played it against Buffalo, he's far worse. He's he, far worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, don't, yeah. Well, yeah at the moment, he is. At the moment, he could, he could reach a level whereby he's Jimmy Garoppolo like crap. The, the the Garoppolo gets a lot of slander, but it's interesting that he of any quarterback we've seen in the last ten years runs that Shanahan offense better than anyone. He is ten and two. Slander's the right term. I mean, he's so had kind of relations with giraffe. That's slanderous. (laughs) But saying he's not a good quarterback, (laughs) that's just state opinion. A conversation piece. He's ten and two. Ten and two in games where he has not thrown a single touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's not really anything that helps my point there. (laughs) (laughs) But just he works in the scheme. He knows what to do. I think he's a decent game manager. He is. He has a a lower ceiling than a lot of the quarterbacks. But you know what? I think he hits his ceiling a lot of the time. So he's consistent. Does he? Is he living in a medieval house? (laughs) He smacks his head as he goes through the door because the ceiling's that low. When you said when you said he works in the scheme, Cameron, that just gave me a picture of somebody working as a shop assistant in Castle Milk. That's Jimmy Garoppolo plays in uh, San Francisco. Jimmy G is from the scheme. Yeah. Incidentally, did you see the footage of him getting uh, a lot of attention from the dancing mums at the? Um, Golden State Warriors game. Yeah, All the players so are there. Yeah. So it's Christian McCaffrey, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, it's George Kittle, and it is the offensive lineman who's Joe Staley. Oh, I couldn't think of his name there. Terrible. Joe Staley, legend. Um, but it's the four of them, and they are clucking round him like it's nobody's business. Um, oh. He is a he's a handsome man. It's like, oh, being a, it's like being in a night out with Paul and a hen party comes past. <laughs> <laughs> also, I really appreciate that after me criticising Cameron for if he goes X number of days without mentioning Russell Wilson, he spontaneously combusts. He stopped and he now just mentions Christian McCaffrey once every year. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned a positive leaf for the rest he's, of the year. He's, he's going to get injured, so I've got to live it up while I can. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the polar opposite of sheer hatred. It's a complete and utter loving. Oh, it's, um, I, I, he's a... He's He's a handsome man too, but Jimmy's better looking. Oh, Jimmy's the hottie of the 49ers team. There's no two ways, right? Moving swiftly on, does anyone remotely care about Rams Saints apart from the Eagles fans waiting to see just how high their draft picks can be? (laughs) 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 Like the Rams season's over. Like this, this is the The Saints. The Saints season isn't over. The Saints can still win their division. It is true. No, the Saints. The Saints season is over. Well, if they bring back Jameis, if I mean, I, I think they've said tonight that Dalton's starting again, but the pressure is yeah. mounting. So. so, Texas Commanders is a banana skin now for the Commanders, and actually interesting to see if they can continue to win. The NFC East is genuinely there's no team with a losing record. Fascinating. I find it extraordinary that they're yes. five and five, but anyway, genuinely fascinating. The great division. The Rams Saints is yeah crap. All a lot of the best players are missing through injury. Uh, a struggle. Bills, Browns has snowed off. Ravens, Panthers, interesting because let's see if David J- Jabo makes an appearance. Uh, John Harbaugh has been coy when asked about how much they will play. He's basically said they will continue to ramp up, but they will not play until they're ready. Obviously, David didn't <laughs> practice all summer. He's had a couple of weeks training. He may I not be thrown into it. If you're going to unleash him, unleash him in a game against Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate, though, because Baker Mayfield's that really annoying quarterback that every now and again, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield's absolutely garbage. Don't he? even and he, go and there. Goes, 
And then he goes and he actually plays. No, but there's like the internet meme of the Baker Mayfield cycle. And it's like. You uh, you were on this podcast at the start of the season when San Francisco played Carolina and said there's absolutely no excuse for San Francisco not to win. And Cameron cannot make excuses. There is absolutely oh, no excuse on, whatsoever. Baltimore on. are currently not, on the pick at 98% I'm, for that I'm not, game. I'm not making excuses. <laughs> if, the Ravens lose, if the Ravens lose any of the next couple of games, it's inexcusable for two reasons. One, it's a really easy stretch they've got, um, with the exception of the Steelers game, because obviously that's a proper rival game. We know throw records out the window. But there's an opportunity for the Ravens here to go on a nice little run, have the Bengals lose a game or two, and all of a sudden you've opened up a two, three game lead in the division. So that's why these losing to the Panthers would be absolutely inexcusable. I'm just saying, as a fan, I'm going into it and I'm going, this is the type of game that I could see this happening and me being really annoyed. I would still still find it inexcusable. Here's the question. Charles, you like um, romantic comedies and you also like conspiracy theories. Mm. Is there a reason why Miami, Tampa and Jacksonville all have buys in the same week? There are no games going on in Florida. Is that not got something to do with the uh, recent midterm elections and the presidential nomination? (laughs) (laughs) Could be. You heard it here first. (laughs) I have no idea, Ian. I don't know. You just completely threw me on that one and I just gave you an answer that was straight out of left field so Giants Lions moving on interesting game because the Giants need to get things back on track right uh, uh, Daniel Jones won. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Fine, 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 fine. He's, he's going to go from strength to strength. We've lit a fire under him. But Giants, the Texans. This uh, is a tougher test, right, than that game against Seattle. Yeah, right? the, the Lions are a bit unpredictable. So yeah, that is a bit of a tricky one. The the reason why I I don't think this is that interesting is because the Giants are well coached now. So this is the type of the the game against the Texans. This game are the type of games that the Giants of old. You'd be like, yeah, okay, no confidence whatsoever. But Brian Dable has them playing really well. They've gelled really well as a team. I just I, I'm struggling to see, barring some bad luck, how the how the Lions win that one. I think that's the ethos that the the, the Giants, the Vikings, and the Eagles have. I think they actually are well coached and they're bonded well they they seem to get along with one another there's no strife that that comes out I think that's the underlying theme between the success of those three franchises this season I think Gordon's right Broncos Raiders oh forget get in the bin don't care Vikings, <laughs> Vikings Cowboys is interesting, right? So Vikings Box Cowboys office. Box is office game. a great game. Um, it's really interesting because it, both the Dallas and the uh, Minnesota fans are going, oh, the Eagles, who have they beat? Who have they beat? We're beating both of you. And now they're playing each other and they're going <laughs> to knock one or the other off. Yeah. So um, Eagles win. Whoever loses, no matter what, no, no matter who loses, Eagles win because it knocks off a potential seeding rival. So, yep. Steelers Bengals, good game, uh, good game. Yeah, kind of interesting. Good game in, in Pittsburgh. The Bengals really need to keep winning. Is there a snow forecast for Pittsburgh, Cameron? Well, if there's snow in Wisconsin and there's snow in Buffalo, I would say there's every chance. It's uh, but the Bengals are are good enough that they should win that game. They're good enough yes. that they shouldn't be losing it. They shouldn't be losing to Kenny Pickett. They really shouldn't. Cameron's indicating to us we should keep talking while he researches, so I think we should all just stay quiet. The fact that he's not done the prep 
before the podcast again illustrate did i think that the weather forecast in pittsburgh was going to come up in this podcast no snow is currently not forecast okay Um, anyway minus one degrees i'm not not tuning in then anyway moving on (laughs) to what probably would have been my upset pick this week i kind of think the chargers beat the chiefs Oh, mm. don't know. Well, they've got no. They've got unless no Mike Williams. Well, unless Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are back, which has been mooted, I believe this week. I, I think uh, Mike Williams is back at practice, but they don't expect him to play. Which is what I saw today. Yeah, I mean they they are unfortunately, and I I again traveling the net, the real network of Northern England, listening to you talk about um, too high safety defences, I think the Chargers are a team that has been a victim of the way in which defences are playing this year. Because yep. Herbert, I... last first two years, Herbert was just fabulous to watch. This year, he's like he's contained in a box. I also, I also think... And he's injured as well. Their off- yeah, he's injured, and their offensive coordinator has reacted to this change in the NFL about as bad as anyone has. <laughs> like, yeah. just... Just let him just let him uncork a couple of passes each game. Just we know he can do it. We know he's got a, a Force those arm. safeties to not sit so high. Make them sit deep by yeah, exposing. Well, they've got the best running back in the league on you know, in terms of touchdowns and you know, touches in, in Eckler. Why do they just face, feed him? This is not a visual podcast, but Cameron's <laughs> face when Charles suggested that Eckler was the best running back in the NFL, purely because Cameron, who do you think is the best running back in the NFL? Jeff Wilson. <laughs> It's the best running back in the NFL at the moment is Derrick Henry, and I don't think there's anyone can argue with that. I think he is the mm. most don't, unstoppable you don't, running back. You don't league. even you don't even believe that. If we're talking about the best dual purpose uh, running back, which is a category I think uh, Austin Eckler falls into, I do believe that he is number three in that list uh, because number one is Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> and number two at the moment is Saquon Barkley. Saquon, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, and then it is Austin Go- Eckler, and Alvin Kamara has fallen plummeted, <sighs> in fact, way down that list because he's now pesh. <laughs> Any, Absolute nonsense. Any concerns? Any concerns from you, Cameron, about the game against the Cardinals? Uh, some always. I think that their defense played really well against the the Rams. JJ Watt looks like a man reinvigorated, which is fascinating. Should, should have scored a touchdown. Do you see? He um, gave a fan. Give a fan a thousand dollars. I yeah yes, yeah because he made a bet on him to get a touchdown. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, interesting a visual thing that won't work. But Ian appears to have frozen. Um, certainly on my screen, as, as he's as he's <laughs> as he's pinching a North Korean yeah, man's he's chest, making a, he's making a pick. I don't know what he was doing for his hand to be in that particular position, but anyway, again, it doesn't work for a podcast. Um, uh, it's interesting. It will when you tweet the picture out. Anyway, go on. It's really interesting that this is a Cardinals home game. It looks like Kyler Murray won't be playing uh, again. I think that you know against the Rams, Colt McCoy looked the better of the two quarterbacks. Of the four quarterbacks that played in that one, it, apparently over eighty percent of the uh, crowd will be 49ers fans, even though this is a Cardinals oh, home God. game. I love this is it's one of my favorite tropes is the 49ers going to not amazingly supported West Coast teams and they go, Oh, it's the 49er faithful have taken over the crowd. Uh, I'm not no, uh, Pro- sandwich brigade. Promise you. No one cares. The 49ers are an older franchise that have got fans all across America. No one apart from 49ers fans cares about that. Uh, I just I'm thrown out as a comment. I think it's interesting. You know, can I mean, the can the crowd make a difference there? But it's uh they're all must-win games. 
Simple as. Simple as. Um, okay, right. Well, that's us absolutely spraffed our way through <sighs> week 11. Any other news items taking your fancy? Because this is a bumper edition. The, they, the they've just, X, go on. The, the XFL draft is going on. Yes. And I took one look at the quarterbacks in that league and it confirmed my suspicions that I will not be watching it. <laughs> um, no, give us a, give us a name or two. Come on, there must be a belter in there somewhere. I'm pretty AJ sure. McCarron, I think. Yeah, AJ, AJ McCarron is AJ there. AJ McCarron, uh, Ben DiNucci, preseason legend that he is. Um, oh yeah. Uh, at safety, Raheem Moore apparently has been drafted. He of the Mile High Miracle fame. There you go. So there's these, there's some good players there. Uh, Martavis Bryant has been drafted, so he's back playing. Um, obviously being up in Canada, what have you, after he's last in the NFL, which was with the Raiders. The Who else did I see? Matt Jones, running back, uh, is in the mix. Raekwon Armstead is in the mix. He was drafted. And then there was someone else whose name escapes me. But it That sounds like, like a made-up name. I've never heard of Raekwon Armstead. Most, he most played the XFL sounds he, like a made-up name. <laughs> he played for the Jacksonville Jags. Basically, it's like the 2019 week 14 waiver wire on fantasy football that's been okay. drafted into the, the XFL at the moment. I will, however, w- give it a watch because the XFL first time around was actually pretty decent, although it was a lower standard. It's it's the Air United versus Hamilton of um, American <sighs> football, and oh, I'm all for it. Dear. I'm all for it. You're, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You see that uh, our least favorite quarterback has returned to practice. Uh, yes. Certain Mr. D. Watson. Yes. Um, could, could be back return, in two weeks. Due to return week 13, I think, yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what he does and they, plays. They have to, they play the Bills and then the, who do they play the week? Is Bills and Bills then the Chiefs? Surely don't have both of them playing this year. No, because no, the Bengals won the divisions. It's not Bills. They they play two good teams anyway over the next two weeks. I think. Um, they are uh, playing the Bucks next week. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bills and then the Bucks, and if then they, if they lose both of those games, and then they, they got the Texans. They, yeah, his <laughs> first game is against the Texans. They, they yes. need, if they lose both of their upcoming games, they need to go unbeaten the rest of the way, really, to have a chance. So Texans after that's Texans, Bengals, Ravens. Saints and that oh no week 17 commanders and then the Steelers yeah. uh, unbeaten's not unrealistic sadly but I, th- I think I, I don't I, think there's any impact that he's going to come in and make that's going to get them into the playoffs because he's not played for so long yeah I I, I, I think it's unlikely to go unbeaten at, after these next two games I think it's unlikely to go unbeaten I, I don't think it's out the realms of possibility I just think it's unlikely I just don't see what impact he can have um, in, as a quarterback that's going to suddenly just make them seismically good. So, um, But anyway, we're going to have to probably pay attention to him at some point. Interestingly, yeah. the only thing I was going to throw out there um, was the most viewed NFL games this season have been released. Right. And, uh, do you want to guess the top five? Oof. Uh, uh, Primetime. Chiefs, Chargers, Thursday Night Football will be in the top five. Ah. <laughs> oh. No. Uh, Monday Night Football from this past week. Which was what? I can't even remember now. I don't Command- even know what date is. Commander's Eagles. No, it wasn't. Uh, when does this go up to? 
Does it include nope. as, as of as of this weekend that's just gone by? The most viewed NFL game this season. Season opener. Packers Cowboys. Yeah, I was going to say it'll be Packers Cowboys. To your point, Gordon, that these are old established franchises with massive twenty nine point two million. Cowboys Bengals twenty seven point four. Packers Bucks twenty six point four, which was an absolute turd of a game, of course. And then Bills Chiefs. Packers, Patriots. What was a theme there? I knew you'd miss me, guys. Uh, now you shot me down. The theme that the Packers were in two, three, three, two, three. Wow. How many three. did the Packers win? That they were uh, two of them. Two of them. Okay. No, in fact, no, all three. In fact, <laughs> and they've only won four games this season. So, so there you go. Analy- analytics tells you <laughs> when more people watch, the electricity, <laughs> win, yes. the electricity powers the Packers to win. <laughs> Uh, let's get to that time of the year people are staying indoors watching the NFL there we go sorted well it's been a pleasure yeah Ian's crashed Um, he's gone away he's been he's been he's been arrested somewhere near Pyongyang I think (laughs) and um and uh, yeah, me and Gordon are trying to hold it together and struggling. So there you go. That is the full-time whistle for episode 210 of Stravash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to every single minute of this. Good Lord, well done to you. Uh, thank, do share your thoughts on social media at Scotland NFL on Twitter. Do go on to iTunes or Spotify and try and improve us. Actually, don't make us worse now that Patterson's back just to stick it in his craw. We'll take a 4.5 just to put it to him. No, do give us a nice review if you can. It'd be lovely. Um, <laughs> other than that, we'll be back again next week to pick apart all the pieces of week 11. We might even have Parson back. Who knows? No, yeah, we will. We might have Mitchell back too. Uh, I don't know that I can cope with both. Until then, bye for now. Bye.